What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Monday, December 13th edition of the show. And I am your host, Gary Seegers. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. We've got a lot of college football news to discuss from the weekend that was. Uh, Typically, we do like a Sunday recap. Uh, This week, only Army-Navy. And we'll we'll dive into Army-Navy. We'll discuss all of that. But, of course, there is much more to discuss going on in the world of college football uh, before we begin, let me go ahead and tell everybody, if you're watching the show, first off, I appreciate that. Go ahead and knock that thing out. Hit the like button for us. Make sure that you hit subscribe if you are watching on YouTube, of course. And make sure that uh, that you leave us a nice comment or whatever else you would like to. If you're listening on the podcast, leave a nice five-star review. Make sure that you are subscribed over there for sure. And uh, along with that, let's... Uh, Let's make sure that you share the show out. Tell your friends about it. Of course, click retweet or share or whatever you want to call it. Something something like that. Uh, but yes, go to winningcureseverything.com. That is your one-stop shop. Go ahead and do that for us. And you can always head over to BetUS. They bring you the show each and every time out. BetUS is America's top online sports book. You can find them at betus.com. They are where the game begins. Incredible deals, incredible bonuses, all that good stuff. There is a link in the description if you would like to check them out. But BetUS brings us the show each and every time out. Uh, I host the BetUS College Football Show. Chris hosts the uh, Bookmaker Review College Football Show. You can find the link to both of those in the description as well. Let's dive into some of the topics from the weekend that was, and good gracious, uh, we'll start off with what is going on with Brian Kelly. Man, okay, so let me let me start this off. Brian Kelly and Walker Howard, big-time, five-star quarterback recruit, uh, stud quarterback, created a video with Garth Brooks's Colin Baton Rouge playing in the background, and I have... It's been a long time since I've seen a coach do something to this level to make sure that he makes a recruit happy. Now, I do not fault Brian Kelly at all for attempting to make a recruit happy, but it just goes to show the level of ridiculousness that recruiting season really is, right? I don't think there was any question that Walker Howard was going to go to LSU. Uh, Now it's absolutely just a foregone conclusion 
that he will be in Baton Rouge, but uh, the fact that you have to do something like this, it is a video of them dancing, uh, both of them on a stage, back-to-back, to, to Garth Brooks's call in Baton Rouge, I just I don't understand why, if you are a big-time college head coach, why you would do that. I, I think that Brian Kelly has more respect for himself than to do that, and it's not in any way a terrible thing. It's not the downfall of, of civilized society or anything along those lines, but it is ridiculous, and it lets you know the level to which these coaches will go to secure a commitment or to keep guys happy, right? That's that's the point that we're getting at here is coaches will do anything. At least some of them will. Uh, we, we did not see Brian Kelly really doing anything like this at Notre Dame, but I think he understands heading down to LSU, he has got to make sure that he lands these guys. He has got to make sure that he gets guys in that can help bring him a national championship. That's the whole point of him going down there. So, cheers to him for doing it. But that was very interesting, to say the least, when I saw that. I tweeted it out. You can find it on my Twitter, at GaryWCE. But it's uh, it's interesting. It is interesting, to say the least. Now, the next topic on the board here, I want to bring up Quinn Ewers, number one quarterback recruit from last year's cycle, he is headed to Texas. He went to Ohio State, for those that remember. Now, Chris and I talked about this on the uh, the most previous show, uh, the most recent show, and I said that there was a chance that he could be going to Texas Tech. At the end of the day, he's going to Texas. He's going to join Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns, and he was committed to them in, I think, August of 2020 at one point, and then decommitted. Of course, when it, that was part of the reason why Tom Herman lost his job. He was losing recruits, etc. But in this situation, Quinn Ewers comes back. He's going with Steve Sarkeesian and that bunch. He's coming back towards home, uh, back towards South Lake Carroll High School and all that. And that's it's interesting. It's interesting, if nothing else. Uh, he was apparently homesick. I had a lot of people tell me about that. And nobody in Columbus saw this as a surprise. They've got multiple options at quarterback at Ohio State. I don't believe that they will really be hurting from this, but we shall see. You never know. I mean, this kid is, he looks like a generational talent from what you have seen of him. And we'll see. I mean, obviously, Texas has had uh, high, high, big time rated recruits in the past that have not panned out. We'll see what Sark can do with this. I do think it is a good step forward for Steve Sarkeesian because you need good things happening, you need some hope. You need some kind of momentum in that program, and this certainly provides that. Uh, so cheers to him for, for being able to get it done over Joe uh, McGuire and Texas Tech because it looked like they had they had a really good shot to be able to get him. And Quinn Ewers decides he's going to go to Austin. He's going to be a Longhorn. Props to him for doing so. Uh, this will be interesting to see play out going forward. I'm, I'm excited to see what the prospects are for sure. The Heisman Trophy was presented on Saturday evening. And Bryce Young, of course, gets the seventh most first place votes ever, or sorry, the seventh most votes, possible points, whatever you want to call it, ever. Uh, It was kind of a landslide. I think everybody somewhat expected that after the SEC championship game. It was a pretty big blowout, and people expected Bryce Young was going to win this award. Uh, I think the 
the ranking of the rest of the, or the the rest of the vote getters was what more people were surprised about, right? Aiden Hutchinson ends up with the second most votes, and then Kenny Pickett came in third. C.J. Stroud was fourth, and it turns out that the number five guy, Will Anderson, linebacker, edge guy from Alabama, actually had more first place votes, and then the number six guy, uh, six guy um, Kenneth Walker the third actually had more first-place votes than C.J. Stroud did. But when you count in the second and third-place votes, obviously that changes things. C.J. Stroud got the nod. Going forward, there will only be four guys every year at the Heisman Trophy presentation. I don't know that I like it. I would have gone with five. But if there is some kind of a budget, because this trip is paid for, if there was some kind of a budget, something along those lines, I mean, it makes sense, right? So there's only going to be four. Uh, Matt Corral was uh, seventh in this, which are the three guys that I said that I would have had in the top four for me. So, you know, Will Anderson, Kenneth Walker the third, and Matt Corral, I would have had over the number two, three, and four guys. But that's just my opinion. So very interesting, uh, all the stuff that went down. Desmond Howard, that whole debacle, if you did not pay attention there was at one point, Aiden Hutchinson was talking about the goals of the Michigan Wolverines team this season, and he talked about beating Ohio State, etc., and then realized that, oh, wait, the quarterback of Ohio State is literally standing right behind me, and he turns around, and it gets a little awkward, like, it's funny, but what kept it even more awkward was Desmond Howard continuing to talk and talking trash about C.J. Stroud's offensive line at Ohio State and how Kenny Pickett would have been a better option <laughs> to block for CJ Stroud than what they uh than what they actually had. It was really it was weird. It drew a lot of backlash on Twitter. A lot of people saying that Desmond Howard was uh not professional, etc. I I understand Desmond Howard went to Michigan. I get it, but it's just it, it was it was strange. And he's had a lot of these kind of incidents. Um I don't know. It, it would have been better had he not said anything. I'm not going to blast him too hard for this. I mean, it's it was ridiculous. It was stupid. Whatever, right? Whatever. Um, <laughs> there are so many different people that have put out early Heisman articles for next season as if we have any idea what is going to happen next year. We have no idea where some of these guys are going to play. We don't know who's going to be coaching where at some of these spots. Uh, there's still a lot of dominoes, I believe, left to fall in the coaching carousel. We are still on December 12th. The fact that the majority of these jobs have already been filled, including Oregon, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit, is surprising to me. But this is, of course, uh, part of the whole early signing day mess that, that has been created by the NCAA determining that they are going to have a signing day in the middle of December, right before bowl season, and amidst all this other mess, right? It's just a, a disaster. But... Uh, the early Heisman articles are hilarious, right? This is the epitome of we need to produce content and understand where they're coming from. And more than likely, eventually, you will probably see an article along those lines over at winningcureseverything.com. But I am, I, I, for the life of me, cannot understand why you would even be trying to figure out who will win next year. But it, it's definitely water cooler talk. Water cooler talk for sure. But cheers to Bryce Young for winning the Heisman Trophy. That is two straight for the University of Alabama. Uh, Chris isn't here to uh, to poo-poo on it. <laughs> we love you, Chris, of course. But uh, but I, I was happy with it. It was, you know, 
there were high, high expectations for Bryce Young when he enrolled from uh, modern day in, uh, in California. When he came down to Alabama, everybody talked about him being a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback, and he proved everybody correct, right? All of the nonsense about ESPN making him out to be some kind of an underdog, while warranted somewhat, because he is undersized, he is, you know, that's one of the things that I talked about in the offseason is he's not very big, and if you're going to run him, you got to be prepared uh, to be without him at some point because in the SEC, that stuff will get your quarterback hurt. Luckily, it didn't, and and he's an incredibly smart runner. He does not put himself at risk. Uh, the plays that he made this year were phenomenal, just phenomenal. He was a deserving Heisman Trophy winner, in my opinion. So cheers to it, and now we have a possibility of a two-time Heisman winner. We'll see what Alabama looks like next year. They should be absolutely loaded. They have a lot of guys that will be returning next year, including Will Anderson. But, uh, but yeah, they got some good kids. They got some good kids down there right now that are really young. Really, really young. All right, so let's jump into the next topic here. Of course, with solo shows, typically they run a little bit shorter than usual. But let's hit on Oregon hiring Dan Lanning, the defensive coordinator out of Georgia, uh, only 35 years old. Young, young guy. A uh, lot of really interesting stories, and I had heard about this because you guys know we are based in Memphis. Dan Lanning was a staff member at the University of Memphis back from 2016 through 2017. He was a linebacker coach, recruiting guy, really, really well-respected by everybody that has ever been around him. And he's only 35, super young. He was a GA and a recruiting coordinator at Arizona State. So he knows at least a little bit about the Pac-12. But the way that he got that job at Arizona State was he drove, I think it was like 10 to 12 hours, up to uh, Pitt and told Todd Graham that he needed to hire him as a GA and proved his case. He fought for his job, and he got a, a GA job at Pitt and then went with Todd Graham to Arizona State and then from there went to Sam Houston State, went to Alabama as a GA for the 2015 National Championship year and then went to Memphis for a couple of years and now has been at Georgia since 2018. Uh, he's he's worked his way up the chart. He, again, well-respected by everybody. Uh, the fun part about this, of course, was on Friday when the uh, Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported that he was going to be the next Oregon coach. And immediately, all of the Oregon bunch reached out to their buddies at 247 and, and wherever else. There were a lot of people that were saying, hey, this is not a done deal. We have not hired a coach, et cetera, et cetera. So, of course, everybody's freaking out. Oh, the AJC got this wrong. This is, ah, ha, ha, cheers to whatever, real reporting. And then it comes out on Saturday. Oh, yeah, by the way, they did hire Dan Lanning. Like, this is done. It's official. The letter from the school president and from the athletic director has gone out to all the players and their families and whatnot. They were right. The AJC was correct. Bottom line. So that was interesting to see, of course. Uh, along with that, the Twitter spaces that have gone on around this hiring have been phenomenal. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the concept of Twitter spaces as of yet, but it is a new feature that Twitter is doing that allows a lot of people 
to get together and take turns talking. It's almost like a call-in radio show. Uh, basically, at some point, we could do this with Winning Cures Everything. It, it could be very interesting. I haven't figured out how to actually record it yet. But you can do Twitter spaces and have as many different speakers as you would like. And you just, as the host, you click on each one as you go along. Uh, you can give admin rights to certain things, etc. It's very, very interesting. And they had a ton of them. Uh, there's actually one, I, I'm recording this, of course, late on Sunday evening. There's one going on right now with Jeff Schwartz, with Joey Harrington, with uh, George Foster, with a bunch of different Oregon guys that are all talking about the hire and whether or not this was a good idea, etc. You're bringing somebody from the Southeast again to Oregon, one, to learn the landscape. I, I don't believe that there will be any problem with recruiting from Dan Lanning. This is a guy that lives and breathes recruiting. He understands it. That's part of the reason why Kirby Smart trusted him so much, uh, even as young as he is. But he will be able to recruit at Oregon. He will do his thing. The question will be, if he gets a job offer back in the SEC, a big-time job somewhere along those lines, will he leave Oregon? And there were a lot of people that wanted Chip Kelly because they wanted somebody that was going to stay at Oregon. And I understand it. You've had a lot of guys leave. I totally get that. But uh, this guy's young enough. You give him time to build a family, or a home there. He's got a family. His wife was uh, diagnosed with cancer uh, a few years ago, 2017, somewhere around there, and uh, battled it, fought it, beat it. They've got children, all that. And it's, it's a very young family, of course. You get out to Oregon, that's a beautiful part of the world. He may not want to leave. We'll see. I think it's a great hire. I think it's good. I, I There's always the, I'm not going to grade it, but I was torn between should they go with Chip Kelly because they've got a, a roster right now that is built to win, or do you go with the young guy and continue the program foundation building towards the future? They went with the future, and I understand it. Uh, you've got a guy that's young enough that I think would be fine with setting up home base in Eugene, Oregon. That's what I think. I think he could be there for a very, very, very long time. This won't be a three-year-and-out kind of thing. So we'll see what happens. But I do like the hire for Oregon, and and the way that it all played out over the weekend was incredibly entertaining. Entertaining as hell. Uh, I appreciate all of you guys that were doing the Twitter spaces. I jumped into a lot of them. They were, they were good listens. They were good listens, absolutely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Next up on the board, the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, Blue Devils, excuse me. Let's start that back over. Cut that. The Duke Blue Devils 
hired Mike Elko, defensive coordinator from Texas A&M. And again, I think it's a good hire. This is a really, really smart guy. Everybody has known that Mike Elko is incredibly intelligent. A long, long coaching career, well over two decades at this point. Uh, played at Penn University, of course, Ivy League guy. Uh, he's super smart, super smart. And everybody kind of wondered, when was it going to be Mike Elko's turn to get one of these head coaching jobs? This seems like a good spot for him. Remember, he does have ACC uh, credentials. He does know the landscape of that league. He was at Wake Forest from 2014 through 2016, spent a year at Notre Dame, and then has spent the last four years with Jimbo Fisher. I, I don't know that you were going to get a whole lot better grooming than from Dave Clawson in the ACC. So, he, again, he understands the landscape. But from Dave Clawson, a year with Brian Kelly, and then four years with Jimbo Fisher. That's not bad. Like, those are three incredibly successful coaches. He's already known as a defensive guru. At Duke, you certainly need some help scheming on that side of the ball. And Mike Oko is a schemer. You need somebody that will scheme them up at Duke. That's what you have to have. So I am absolutely on board with this hire. Uh, I, I think he's he's about as good as you could have ever expected. Uh, maybe a better hire than I would have anticipated, especially with all the talk about Jason Garrett. Right? I mean, what, what in the world was that about? I, I love Mike Elko. Uh, when we all saw Clark Lee get a job last year at Vanderbilt, everybody wondered because Clark Lee's mentor was Mike Elko. Uh, that job just happened to fit perfectly for Clark Lee. He, of course, played at Vanderbilt. But I do like this situation for Mike Elko. I think he's going to be there for a very, very long time. This is very much set up where you don't have to worry about your job. You have job security unless it all completely falls in the tank. He's going to be there for as long as he wants to be there. He has time. Duke has patience. They are not so worried about their football program that they're going to be firing him after three years if they don't have a winning season at that point. I think he's going to be just fine. I think he's going to be just fine. So cheers to Duke. You, I think you hit the nail on the head with this one. Cheers to you guys for knocking this out of the park. Good, good hire. Next on the board, Penn State. Let's talk about Manny Diaz being hired as the new defensive coordinator. Manny Diaz has not coached anywhere north of North Carolina State ever. That's a little bit troubling. Now, obviously, football is football, and if you are a good defensive coordinator, defense travels, you will be able to be successful wherever you go. But this one's interesting. He's never had to recruit in the Northeast. Obviously, when he was handed the Temple job, he, of course, came back for the Miami job very quickly thereafter. I mean, just a few days later. He has not coached up there. Uh, the, the irony, of course, that he was hired as the Temple coach three years ago, took the Miami job, got fired, and now he's the defensive coordinator at Penn State. That's interesting. That's very interesting to me. But Manny Diaz has been a, uh, a successful defensive coordinator. I'm curious about this. I, I don't know what the fit is, and maybe I should have done a little more, you know, research into it. But, you know, James Franklin and, and Manny, I believe you know, know know each other. There is obviously some kind of a connection there, but 
they, they've not coached together, from what I understand. And Manny Diaz knows nothing about the Big Ten, and he's never had to recruit in the Northeast. That's all that Penn State does. It doesn't seem on its face like it makes a lot of sense. However, this could be a very good thing, playing devil's advocate with myself here. Manny Diaz is a, is a decent coach. He's a good defensive coordinator, maybe not a great head coach, but this is somebody that maybe needed some new new air. He needed a new landscape, a new place to go to make him a little bit uncomfortable, right? He had been in Miami for a very, very long time. Three years as the head coach. Before that, uh, three years, I believe, as the defensive coordinator. He's always been in the Southeast. He's gone from everywhere from uh, from Middle Tennessee and Louisiana Tech to Mississippi State and Texas, etc. He's been all over the place but always basically in that Southeast footprint. I'm curious how this is going to work out. And I'm also curious about James Franklin. I know that you lost Brent Pry, and that's somebody that had been with Franklin for an incredibly long time. But to go out and get a coach that only knows the Southeast, that is surprising to me. I, I would think that you would want somebody, especially in that role, somebody that is comfortable and familiar with the Big Ten that has somewhat of an advantage up there. But maybe you needed new life, too. Maybe you needed a new voice in that locker room, uh, somebody that has not just been a lifer around those parts. So we'll we'll see how this works out. It is a strange fit. Uh, not saying that it's going to be a bad one. Just saying that on its face, it does not necessarily make sense. But I can see both sides, how it will work and how it won't work. So, again, we don't grade them. We just sit back and wait and see exactly what turns out. I'm I'm interested. I am interested in that one for sure. And finally, uh, we will... Nah, we're not going to close with this. We're going to do a little Army recap, Army-Navy recap here in just a minute. But Virginia officially hired Tony Elliott. Now, I didn't write down any notes. All I put is, Virginia officially hires Tony Elliott. There was a lot of back and forth about this hire, uh, whether or not it was going to be Tony Elliott, whether or not he had decided between Duke and Virginia. Uh, all of the the weird I still have no answers on everything that happened with Bronco Mendenhall, etc. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested in the backstory on this. Did Bronco seriously just decide he didn't want to do this anymore? That's strange to me. Uh, he's he's still a relatively young guy, uh, but he he's one of those that has told people before that he was not going to be a lifer. He was going to retire at some point and go and enjoy life, and it has been a really difficult couple of seasons, right? Not not just wins and losses, etc. Just I think for everybody, this has been a long two years dealing with the pandemic, dealing with you know your players, etc. All the stuff that is going on, and he was trying out all kinds of new things with his offense, with his defense, etc. The defense was definitely not as good as what Bronco was used to. And now Tony Elliott comes in, breathes new life into that Virginia Cavalier football program. I think this could be really good. Now, the issue here is this is a kid that, and I, I say kid, I, he's younger than I am. But regardless, he played at Clemson. He was an assistant coach at South Carolina State, at Furman, and then at Clemson for the last 11 years. He has worked his way up the ladder. 
He is somebody that is very highly respected and, I mean, has an engineering degree, super smart guy. But without being outside of that South Carolina footprint, I don't know what the expectations are, right? I would believe that he's going to be a big-time recruiter, which, again, there are limitations to that Virginia coaching job. Uh, with all of the, you get some academic exceptions. It's very much like the Notre Dame job, uh, other jobs across the country like that, Stanford, Northwestern, et cetera. There are academic exceptions that you can use, uh, but you don't necessarily have to have them. And there is talent in that Virginia footprint, right? Tony Elliott knows that footprint. He coached, he not coached, excuse me, he recruited Virginia while he was at Clemson. He knows that area. I think he can be successful. He's He's hip. He knows good offense. We believe, obviously, this year was a little bit uh, troubling, to say the least, I think. But there is a lot uh, to like about the hire, and there's also a lot to question about this. Still relatively young guy. I I don't know what to make of this. I don't know what my thoughts really should be on this. Uh, again, you guys are watching the show on YouTube, listening to the podcast, etc. Let me know your thoughts on this. I'm curious what you think about it, because I really don't know. Uh, I... I Every, obviously, his name was on a lot of big boards for multiple years now. But with him not being so successful this season, that kind of took a little bit of the shine off of him. And that's why he ends up with a job at Virginia as opposed to, say, USC, right? The offense did not perform well this season. And now, without Jeff Scott, who was the co-OC with him, I, he they, they weren't great. They were not great. So is he a great developer of quarterbacks? Is he a great uh, talent evaluator? Is he, you know, there's a lot that we have got to figure out about Tony Elliott, but I, you got a pretty good gig here at Virginia. I think that you can win in Charlottesville. I think that there can be some good things that come out of this hire, but I don't know for certain. So we'll have to see. Uh, again, things to like and things to question. There's not a lot to not like. I'll say that. So, and finally, we will close out with the Army-Navy recap. And, of course, again, I'm recording it late on Sunday evening. So, i got to try and remember exactly what I watched yesterday because there's been so many things happen. Uh, I did pull up uh, an article. The game was won for Navy, by the way, uh, when they faked their punt. Uh, fourth and one from their own 34 early in the fourth. Uh, they were up 14-13. to 13. Uh, Digo uh, Fago uh, managed to get four yards on the fake, kept the drive going. Midshipman ended the drive with a 43-yard field goal with six minutes left to extend the lead 17-13. to uh, Now, along with that, they did get a fourth and three stop, uh, a yard shy for Christian Anderson, the quarterback for Army. This was interesting, and it's also why I did not bet on this game because if every metric that you look at, all this stuff, it looked as though Army was the significantly better team and the way that the game started, you know, 10-7 to 7 in the first quarter, that's 17 points. The total on this game was only 34 points, or 34.5, I guess, at closing, somewhere around there. And everybody was still taking the under, and all of the numbers, all of the analytics would tell you that this game was going to go over. But the way that these two play, it, it got very interesting. It just very interesting. Uh, it was 13-7, to 7, and then Navy scored the last 10 points of the game Army could not do anything against that Navy defense. And cheers to Ken Neomatalola, right? 
this was a really difficult year again, and they found a way to bounce back and and knock out Army. I, nobody expected it. Army came into this eight and three. They had kind of been whipping some really good teams, but Navy, as I talked about on the BetUS show, Navy was really good towards the end of the season. Uh, Ty Lavatai was the uh, the quarterback, and let me pull up uh, college football data here. Um, they had scored. 35-plus points, or 30-plus points, whatever it was, in their last two ball games. The quarterback change that they made after week two, you know, when they had their early bye week, they, the offense looked significantly better. They were better run when they brought in that quarterback. Ty Lavatai is the name. And with this situation, um, I mean, this is... You look at the scoring opportunities. Uh, Army had eight drives inside of Navy's 40 and only scored 13 points. That's 1.63 points uh, per opportunity. That's not good. In the Navy, nine drives inside the Army 40 and only had 17 points. That is 1.89 points per opportunity. That is uh, also not great, but, um, you know, good enough to get a W. Uh, You look at the success rate. In this game, and Navy was at 38% success rate. Army only 27%. Uh, that second quarter for Army was putrid. Only a 15% success rate in this game. Just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Uh, Navy did such a magnificent job in this game. And and that's why it is so difficult to bet on. I, I have no idea what to do in, in games like this. But, but Ken Neomatalola and the cadets needed, needed this badly. Um, a Navy needed this very badly this season. Uh, brings brings them up to four and eight. They played a significantly stronger schedule than what Army did, but uh, but Army eight and four. Jeff Munkin and that bunch. Uh, they will go back to the drawing board. They will get back after it again next year, and and I expect them to continue to have sustained success going forward. Uh, the fact that Jeff Munkin is still the head coach at Army is interesting. Uh, I I think he likes being in the West Point. But I don't know how long I would expect him to be there. There's there's been so much talk with him about so many different job opportunities out there, because I think people understand that he is not just a triple option guy, right? He can run that, but he doesn't have to, and and he likely won't when he gets somewhere else. He can bring in different philosophies on offense and and be successful with a lot of different things. So we'll see what happens. But but cheers to Navy. Uh, and the under hits again. That is 16 straight years, which means that next year's total will likely be somewhere around 32. And everybody's going to bet the under again because it just continues to hit 16 straight unders. Just a, a ridiculous number. Ridiculous betting trend. Year in and year out. So with that said, I don't believe that there is anything else that I need to hit on this version of the show, this edition of the show. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. You guys have all been fantastic. I certainly appreciate you for checking out the show, for jumping in with us. Leave some nice comments. Subscribe to the show, whether it's on the podcast or on the YouTube. Uh, Again, by the way, we hit over 5,100 subscribers on YouTube. That number continues to grow. Our goal was to hit 5,000 subscribers by the Super Bowl, and you guys have blown that out of the water, and I can't thank you enough for it. So, Continue subscribing if you have not already. There are still a ton of people. Uh, we can check the metrics. There's a lot of people that watch that have not subscribed. 
it helps us out a lot when you actually hit that subscribe button. So go ahead and knock that thing out for me if you would so kindly. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a nice five-star review over at Apple Podcasts. And go visit our sponsor, BetUS. It's America's top online sportsbook. They're at BetUS.com. It is where the game begins. Lots of bonuses, etc. We have a link in the description for you to click on to go and visit them and check out what it's all about. I cannot, cannot stress enough how great of a sports book it is. So go ahead and check them out over at BetUS. I host the BetUS College Football Show. Chris is on the College Football Show for Bookmaker Review. So check both of those out. Links in the description as well. And as always, we will be back on Wednesday with NFL picks, etc. More news to discuss. So make sure that you are here again on Wednesday. With that said, you guys have been wonderful Wonderful, wonderful, and I cannot thank you enough for all the support that you continue to give us. But uh, but for now, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully, 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 all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.